Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining. Yeah, we'll give about two minutes to see if others join us and then do some introductions and get started. Where are Janelle and Steve? Where are you guys located? Well, hey, I'm from, I'm, I live in San Diego, in Michigan okay. area. Yeah. And I'm in Georgia. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks. Well, what we do, I have about six groups that I manage and funnel them into one Zoom account. And so we get people from all over uh, here, which is interesting to, to share with one another for sure. And so I have a group in the Atlanta area that I manage, which is probably where you join, Steve. Yes. Uh -huh. All right, well, I wanna honor everyone's time. So let me, we're gonna go ahead and get started. My name is Tim Fortescue. I am a life coach based in the San Francisco area. But as I mentioned, have the option, opportunity to interact with folks throughout the country. I am originally, uh, Steve, from upstate South Carolina, and so probably maybe not too far up, 85 from where you are, um, but serve, uh, I'm a life coach here in the area, and so offer these meetups just with tidbits and learning from each other and whatever I can offer. And so today have Dr. Millen, who uh, I'll let her share more about herself, but she is a DMP, uh, practices holistic health, and she is going to talk with us about gut health uh, today. And so I'm gonna turn it over to Millen. She'll give a presentation if we have time. We can do some, some questions and interact a little more before we close out, but Millen, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Millen Chavarker. I'm a nurse practitioner based here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I have a few groups on Meetup. So that's where I think Janelle, Janelle and I were messaging each other today. Um, and welcome Wendy uh, and Amanda, who I know very well. <laughs> so um, today we're just gonna do a little bit of a talk on the gut microbiome. I think a lot of people are um, interested in this, have heard this um, sort of buzzword. Uh, it's becoming very popular, definitely in the medical field. Um, as far as research, uh, it is becoming something, especially with COVID, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, uh, something that I think all of us in the medical field are really starting to promote, um, and that's gut health. So here's a little guy who, um, a little bacteria who likes to eat pizza, and of course the rest of the bacteria like uh, nuts, grains, fruit, veggies. So I thought this was a cute little comic about the gut microbiome. So what is the gut microbiome? And um, so the gut microbiome are basically bacteria, the microbiota that exist in the gut and help with digestion, protecting against germs, and uh, also vitamin production. And the microbiome and the microbiota are sort of the terms, everyone's calling it the gut microbiome. That is actually the genetic material of the good bacteria in your gut. 
and they help reduce inflammation, improve the immune system, keep us hydrated, protect us against infectious disease. Now the gut is key to creating an immunity against the exposed toxins and microbiomes. And we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that, micro, microbes. So what affects the gut microbiome? And our lifestyle is, is important. Uh, what antibiotics we're taking, what our toxins are in our life, whether it's pollution, water pollution, uh, any drugs, alcohol, smoking, nutrition, movement, uh, any infections we're, we're getting, and of course, stress. Uh, that's, a, that's an important one. Uh, the gut microbiome will affect our diet, sleep, and lifestyle choices. And I think this is an evolving field called epigenetics, where we're looking at how the mic microbiome, the genetics of those microbiota are affecting our gut and affecting how our genes are behaving or expressed. And we're gonna hear a lot more about that in the future. So this is just sort of the basics of, of what the terms you're hearing out there. And this is the big one, it's dysbiosis. And it's often referred to as leaky gut. Um, sometimes we get uh, gut microbiome imbalances and this is called dysbiosis. That's when bad bacteria, viruses and fungus overgrow and release these endotoxins. These endotoxins, as you can see in this little picture here are affecting these tight junctions. And this is the cells that are lining our gut and actually protect us by being really closely um, held together. But when the area of the gut is inflamed it becomes leaky and these tight junctions kind of lose, we lose those tight junctions. And so um, the toxins enter our bloodstream, they cause inflammation in our body. And these microbes that are lying around here can also um, develop biofilms, which actually coat to the intestines and cause inflammation. So gut dysbiosis and inflammation are contributing to disease because we see the leaky gut and the toxins entering your system causing autoimmune disorders. And interestingly enough, this gut microbiome is connected to our brain, our oral and pulmonary microbiomes. So I'm not gonna to get too much into it, but I want people to see the new connections that we're making in the medical field uh, with the gut and how it's affecting the brain. And I think a lot of research right now is focused on how the gut is affecting uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, depression, schizophrenia, yeah. autism, yeah. spectrum disorders. And uh, we, of course, um, this is because the uh, gut is affecting your neurotransmitters in your brain, and that in turn affects your mood, behavior, and any anxiety you're having or depression. And the brain, of course, it's a, it's a bi-directional system. The brain is affecting your, your, your gut. If you're depressed or anxious, it's going to affect how your gut is, is behaving and how it's absorbing food and, um, and getting rid of waste. When we're talking about the gut-lung access, uh, this is where the hot topic of COVID is really, um, uh, is a hot topic when we're looking at COVID. Um, altered microbiomes in the lungs are related to allergies, asthma, flu, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. 
We also see people with lung disease have sort of uh, reflux disorders um, because we know that the, the bacteria are shifting from the lungs to the gut. And then we know that allergies and asthma are linked to food sensitivities. So again, that gut lung connection. And right now there is a lot of work being done on how the lung microbiome could be affecting how we respond to COVID if we were to be infected. So this is again, really important um, how the gut is, in, is an important part of our body. And the last is sort of the mouth. And uh, we swallow, uh, the, our microbiome in our mouth gets passed to our digestive system. We swallow about a liter of saliva a day, which is about a hundred billion microorganisms. That's a lot of microorganisms. And that plaque or dental film we have in our mouth is a clue into bacteria that's growing on our teeth, uh, on our gums and teeth and um, is causing low grade inflammation and dysbiosis. So again, the mouth is also close to, right? We have one tube going to the digestive system. We have another tube going down to the lungs. So our mouth microbiome is also getting passed to our lung microbiome. So again, all these, all these pieces are connected. So how do you know you need some help? Uh, you know, I think look for those systems. Uh, it really, any symptoms you're having could be linked to your gut microbiome. And I think that's the sort of big news about the gut microbiome. I mean, we're looking at the brain, the skin, the thyroid, colon, uh, just fatigue, the adrenal glands. Uh, if you have bad breath, you have heartburn, you have a lot of GI symptoms. Those are the big, a big clue in is GI symptoms. And then of course, if you have asthma allergies, so looking for anything that you're experiencing could be like linked to the gut microbiome. And I'm practicing integrative and functional medicine and in functional medicine, our sort of rule is to actually look at the gut first because a lot of disease can be eliminated or ameliorated by improving the gut. So how do you improve your gut? And these are some things that you can do. Um, we wanna give you some take home messages. And of course, we're gonna have a little time for discussion because the this is a quick sort of overview of gut health um, is, you know, you can see the dysbiosis, the normal versus the, the dysbiotic with all the, the different uh, bacteria and viruses. Uh, these are some of the ways that you uh, in your daily life can improve your uh, gut microbiome and immune system. Uh, fermented foods, I'm gonna go over that. And we're gonna talk a little bit about fermented foods and we can ask, and uh, prebiotics. And here's some examples. And of course, probiotics. And I get a lot of questions on what probiotics and we can talk a little, maybe we can have a little more discussion on that. And then lifestyle changes. So that's kind of a quick overview and, and we have plenty of time to kind of have discussion. Maybe you guys can ask some questions or we can do some sharing around what, what people are concerned about or what things have they tried or has anyone, anyone tried any of these things? What questions or comments? We can open it up now. Yeah, let's open it up. Let's have a little discussion. Anybody have any questions? I have a question on um, prebiotics then. So how does that work to 
make a difference in your gut health? It gives you an environment. Um, fiber is a big component to improving the way the bacteria thrive, basically. The, the bacteria are using that as a base to grow. So bananas are a big fiber food, flax seeds, legumes, um, you know, all of these have a lot of fiber and then they probably have some other um, chemicals that are great for back to good bacteria to grow in. Has anyone tried any fermented foods to improve their, their gut? We've got a couple other people here. What are your thoughts on the kombucha craze? <laughs> Are you still there, Millen? Yeah, my oh. thoughts. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody. I don't have any thoughts on it. I'm I love kombucha personally. Um, it definitely, I drink it on an empty stomach and I feel a difference. Uh, so I know a lot of people don't like the taste. I'm, I, I was a big lover of Diet Coke back in the day. And of course, Diet Coke is terrible for gut microbiome. Um, you know, I grew up on Diet Coke. Uh, so to me, I like the fizz of kombucha and I feel like it's a, you know, it's a way to have a soda without having a soda, but, um, you know, I, I think to each their own fermented food, you know, I think you've got to find what works for you. Yogurt is a great fermented food. Uh, I, I've often had patients, you know, another, uh, and we have a couple women here, a lot of women have, um, you know, vaginal infections and you know, a lot of cultures have yogurt every day and yogurt is a great way to kind of prevent gut dysbiosis. And, but some people are lactose intolerant. So that becomes another issue and dairy becomes inflammatory. So there's other types of yogurt. There's kefir, which is a goat product, uh, which is an, a cow product. Cow products are a little more inflammatory. So I'm, uh, uh, you know, we'll tell people go and get um, you know, a cup of yogurt, if, if that's something that you can eat. Um, but there's sauerkraut, pickles, uh, cheese can be fermented, fresh cheeses. Um, I don't know, you have any other, Kevin, do you have anything that you like? Well, that, well, just the kombucha that came to mind, I'll share this story and then we can, it keeps yeah. us on point, but not really. Um, but I was brewing my own kombucha for a while. And I found out that if you put it in the oven with the light on, it's the perfect temperature for it to ferment and do what it needed to do. But my wife decided to, and wrap it in a towel, but my wife preheated the oven for a pizza and forgot that it was in there and the fire department had to come, but yes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and she was, pregnant about to have twins and so it was a very traumatic day yeah <laughs> sorry folks <laughs> go ahead if someone has more questions i have a question um how about apple cider vinegar does that fall into um fermented foods at all i don't think it's a fermented food i think it's a vinegar it's an acid so it might help a lot of folks like to use it i think to help acidify the stomach because uh, people are having uh, hypochloridia, which is basically they're not they're not producing enough acid in their stomach. 
And so they find that apple cider vinegar is helping them with that. But I think the reason people aren't producing enough acid in their stomach is because there may be an alteration in the gut microbiome as well. So I think that has something to do with it. My wife eats kimchi. She's yes. <laughs> about that. Yeah. I love kimchi. I just even have it with non-Korean food. I think it's a great sort of side side dish to your to your meal. And it's super healthy. And I think what's interesting is so many cultures have fermented foods as part of their daily living for this very reason, because it's it's healthy for you. Um, and it helps, it helps maintain that gut microbiome. So, um, you know, cheese, cheese might be it or, or whatever culture you're from. There's something that's fermented there. So when people come to me asking me what fermented food, I'm like, go back to your culture and find out what are those fermented foods that people eat because they're there. I think this is a, a something that's there evolutionary, culturally uh, through the evolution. So. What else? Usually I talk more, but this time I was going to try to keep it shorter so everybody could, because they want, uh, you know, we've had comments where people want to have the discussion more than they have me talking. <laughs> Can you go into a little bit more of the foods that are pictured? in this slide I, I can't tell what each one of them I is i mean i can tell what some of them are yeah this is sauerkraut this is kimchi this is yogurt kefir this looks like some pickle uh pickles and pickled looks like mushrooms yeah pickled mushrooms it definitely looks like a pickled version this to me looks like feta and this is fresh mozzarella i'm not sure what this is and i'm assuming this is um kombucha <laughs> I'm not sure what that that is right there. And what's next to kombucha between? Uh, oh yeah, that I'm not sure either. I think it's sourdough. Sourdough is also a fermented food. Sourdough bread. So it might be some kind Thank of you. bread. Yeah, looks like a bread. And when I always thought of kefir, and it looks like it's got the milk kefir here, but it's also water, like kefir water, that you can yeah, use. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? I've, I heard about it through somebody else. Right. That, uh, and yes, it's a fermented gut thing. Like a drink. For me. Not based on dairy, probably. Just the bacteria itself. Yeah, exactly. I burned my kombucha, so I had to start something else. So that's why I tried that, but yes. So a big question people have is probiotics. And, you know, I think this is where you could take a probiotic. I had another, uh, a, somebody asked me last week, should I be taking, you know, a hundred billion, you know, a uh, hundred billion product of, of probiotics? And I said, no, you really shouldn't need that much. But I do think it's an individual decision. What, and I think everybody's microbiome is different. So what works for one person isn't going to work for another person. The hard part is, there's so many different products there is finding something that works for you. Um, often I have worked with people who, you know, I, I do sell um, high-end pharmaceutical supplements, pharmaceutical grade supplements and um, have found there are certain products that are better than others. 
but I do think sort of, I tell people to start with cultural or start with bio cult. These are available, you know, at Costco, you can go to Costco and start and see if that helps you. And you will notice a difference if you feel like that's improving your gut microbiome. I don't think it's the ideal way. Of course, the ideal way would be through food lifestyle changes, but probiotics um, have definitely helped a lot of my clients and um, who are facing issues. And we do do uh, gut dysbiosis treatments where we use herbal medications, sort of as not antibiotics because antibiotics are gonna kill off everything in your gut microbiome, but using herbal antimicrobials, which are much more gentler to kind of crowd out, get rid of sort of some of the bad bacteria, bad viruses, um, and then um, bring back the good, the good with some select um, probiotics. And that treatment has been great for some folks who have a lot of symptoms. So I think if you have a lot of symptoms, it really behooves you to work with someone to work on cleaning the gut, maybe doing a, re, a, restart, a restart. And we do have programs where we do sort of a, a gut protocol and we have you do elimination. Um, there's something called the five R's, which is, I always forget what it, but you can look it up, the, what the R's are. Um, but that, that um, is sort of a gut restoration protocol on how to restart your gut and, and give it kind of clean it out, give it what it needs, rebalance it and, and, and bring in good things to encourage um, the gut to work better. Millen, with the probiotics, when it's talking about the so many strains of bacteria or I mean millions or thousands or whatever it says, how important is that and what would you suggest? So this is another emerging area of research. And what's happening is, so I do stool assessments where I get a breakdown of what's in your gut and what bacteria is there. And even I don't have it all memorized because there's so many different strains, but now they're starting to do research on what strains are connected to what issues and how do we replenish those strains how to rebalance. We're also seeing that the gut is maybe important in obesity and that people who are overweight have certain types of gut microbiome. And so we're gonna see a lot more coming out about what strains are good for um, what conditions. Um, and I think that's all still in the research phase. I do get these very detailed, in fact, they're so detailed, it takes me a while to kind of really get my head wrapped around what, what bacteria are there, what does it mean, what do we need to do to improve it or, or, or decrease it. And it takes a little time to, to figure out what strain somebody might need. But generally, most of them have similar strains. And again, I think it's just everybody's an individual what they respond to. So it's hard to, without without doing more research and without doing stool testing, I think it's really difficult to say, oh, you should take this strain or that strain. I usually tell people to start with the basics and then, you know, either do your own, if, if it's easier for you, do some, some trial and error on some of the products that are over the counter or find somebody like me who can help you figure that out. Got it. But it could make a difference. I know sometimes I forgot me, but some of it's millions and they're big discrepancies on the bottle, I guess. Yeah. 
yeah, there's different strains. I mean, I, you know, typically you want bifidobacterium and lactobacilli, but you know, there's other, there's various strains of those. And so every um, probiotic company is of course, you know, marketed and trademarked whatever they're making and probably they all work fine. It's just a matter of some will work better for an individual than others. Um, and then we sell, you know, we have some higher um, counts of strain, you know, the hundred billion. I have a couple of those supplements where I will give that to people who are really struggling with um, GI symptoms. And those folks probably need more testing and more kind of specialized you know, treatment of what they're going to take versus somebody who's just, you know, for, for those folks who are just in this group, you know, if you're just coming with a few GI symptoms, taking something over the counter should help you. You know, if you made all these changes, you should, you should see a improved, you know, gut microbiome. Other questions, comments? I think the, the most interesting thing is our, all the things around us are really affecting our gut microbiome. And there's some things that we really just don't have control over. Like, you know, if we go outside and there's pollution outside, we live in the Bay Area or we live in Georgia or we live, you know, wherever, San Diego, there's not much we can do about the pollution. That's affecting our gut microbiome, you know. Our water, you know, unless you're filtering, you know, got an ultra filter, that in itself could have some toxins that could be affecting your gut microbiome. Um, but the things that we do have control over are, you know, what we choose to eat, you know, what, how we choose to move, um, you know, how we're dealing with stress and any, you know, uh, and then how we're dealing with infections. I think a lot of folks um, are going in for, uh, antibiotics at the smallest cold. I, I know I've worked in an urgent care and every time somebody would come in with a cold, they'd want an antibiotic. And I tell them, Hey, this is not great for your system. This is not great for your gut microbiome, you know, take antibiotics without having a real sense that this is a bacterial infection. Most of the infections we have are viral and, uh, you know, that is a, is a huge alteration in the, in the intestinal microbiota. And then, you know, a lot of uh, specialists and researchers are really starting to wonder if part of the reason we're seeing a lot more disease is because of this alteration in our gut microbiome. It could be related to the environment, the pollution, our food. You know, certainly we've seen increased obesity rates uh, stress levels have gone up. I know all of us are working a lot. All of us are working from home right now, you know, so all of those factors are really going to play into this. And I think those are the modifiable factors that you can change. And if those things aren't working, then definitely you want to reach out to someone like me who can kind of do the next level of workup. But this is information that everybody needs to have, you know, and needs to work on. What else? Other questions, comments? I'm curious, and if others have questions, feel free to jump in. Um, but with me, I was diagnosed with diverticulitis in my early 20s, which I know is very young for that, and now I'm 40. Uh, but just notice as I get older, 
more gut discomfort uh, in general. What would you say to someone like me, I guess, or what are some of the higher priority things that someone could do? I think if you notice those symptoms and you're working, and I know you, so you're working on all these things and things are not improving, then definitely reaching out and getting stool yeah. testing would be really important. Stool testing will tell you exactly what's going on in your gut okay. and give you a higher level, uh, higher level information on yeah. inflammation, on what bacteria are present, if you have any parasites, um, and uh, yeah, and, and looking out for inflammatory bowel disorder. Yeah, and uh, fiber is really important for diverticulosis, diverticulitis. Mm -hmm. Basically, you have a dysfunctioning uh, wall. The walls of the intestinal system are dysfunctioning. So, basically, um, making sure that that uh, that system has a lot of fiber. You know that that your yeah. digestive system has a lot of fiber. So. Um, even fiber supplements are great. You know, another prebiotic food would be Metamucil or psyllium husk. Uh, you know, we give that to a lot of folks as they age, just because they do have uh, motility issues and, you know, a lot of GI symptoms. And that, that would be really great prebiotic food and great for, for the digestive system or for pe people who've had diverticulitis. Okay, got it. Other questions or comments? We don't want to prolong or waste time, but we want this to. This is not, yeah, I, this is not a question, more of a, a rhetorical question, perhaps. Um, when do you think, or do you ever think that functional medicine and MD, you know, will ever come together and and really help people heal as opposed to just giving them some a pill or whatever yeah i gave pills for you know years and kind of started realizing the times that i improved people's health was when i actually really spent a lot of time with them and we worked on all of these issues uh and unfortunately you know we are hemmed in by the insurance system so until our 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 and our and then sort of old school thinking, I, I, my husband's in the tech field and he, he always comments, he, you know, we've been married for 20 years. He always comments about how the tech field is so always advancing and always moving forward. Whereas the medical field is always lagging behind by 10 years. And he said he didn't understand that because obviously this was a science, a scientific field and I agree with you, especially now that I'm um, certifying in functional medicine and feel like uh, the, light, the light bulb's been turned on for me and have seen so many changes in the last year after starting my practice with people, um, you know, getting off of all kinds of medications, reducing chronic pain, improving their sleep, um, all through natural, you know, natural supplements and herbal medications and working on things like the gut, uh, it, it's it's sad, you know, that we don't, and a lot of those folks, and and I was probably one of those, I admit, I was one of those folks that was sort of like, hmm, functional medicine, what is that? We're just not trained that way. We're not trained to look at root cause. We're trained in 
protocols and algorithms and how we sort of, oh, you have blood pressure, then we're going to put you on a blood pressure pill. You know, you've got cholesterol, we're going to put you on a cholesterol pill. And, you know, as a nurse, I would say, you know, nurse practitioner, we get trained more on health, uh, diet, lifestyle, movement than everybody else. But uh, I would say, you know, some of my colleagues just don't have that perspective because they have also 15 minutes to address, you know, a larger issue and they just, it's much easier to give a pill. So, um, you know, thank you for your comment. And um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly and it will happen. I think it's happening slowly and I see lots of people interested and, uh, you know, that's why we do these forums so that we, I think it's also if we can educate the um, population about the gut microbiome and health and foods and root cause, then they will ask for that more from their medical providers and those medical providers will then go get more education on this. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. Thank you. Well, let me just add to that. Um, why I was curious and I wanted to attend this session is because my insurance company has like these wellness activities, so to speak. Oh. And one of them is, and then you can, there's a whole myriad of them and you can choose which one you want. Mm -hmm. And so I read them all and I chose one called Digby Health. Mm -hmm. And they specifically focus on the gut and they, they match your DNA Oh, so wow. it's very individualized. So they do take a sample of your DNA and then they give you back uh, sort of a prescription. And I'm using the air quotes with that mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, what types of foods you should eat. And they look at food, they look at sleep, they look at um, meditation, you know, all it's a very holistic right. format. And so perhaps it's not the whole insurance company, but there are, I guess there are some who have ancillary services, which you just have to kind of, you know, look at, explore. And, um, you know, because I, I, I call myself pretty knowledgeable on nutrition and I'm a health coach, but oh, great. I've learned so much recently in this program that I wasn't aware of. Right. So, you know, I guess there are incremental changes that are being made you just have to kind of be aware of them and explore them and take action. You're right. And, and I think insurance companies are realizing if they can keep people healthy, then they don't have to, you know, spend as much money. Right. So they, they may have an incentive to start looking in these directions. Um, and the genomics part, the, the genetic aspects of, and this is new for me as well. And because in conventional medicine for 20 years, I've never gone over somebody's genetic profile, but um, now that is really becoming sort of um, the hot area of, of discovery and looking at your DNA, figuring out what would work, what, what issues do you have in the way your cells are functioning and how that might be impacting your health. And um, I'm excited because I'm, I'm going to be learning along with, you know, all of you about that and um, hopefully getting, getting to an expertise level at some point uh, about genetics and, and genetic SNPs and, you know, how to do that testing. But that's exciting. I'm, I'm glad you have that opportunity to, to 
get involved with that and access that care. And, and it sounds like it's, it's, sounds like it's really helping you. So that's exciting. Yeah, I have one more question. I don't mean to monopolize. Please, go ahead. <laughs> um, one of the things that this program has enlightened me to is the impact of natural sweeteners like stevia and uh, monk, monk fruit and erythritol right. on the gut and inflammation. Do you know, and then I, I actually had one of the, the coaches send me some research because I like to read stuff like that. I really, you know, geek out on stuff. Um, can you speak to that? You know, how does that impact? Because I, I don't, I don't, have anything with sugar but in the past few years I have gravitated towards those sweeteners and now I'm finding out that no those are really not good yeah. and they are inflammatory to the yeah. gut and so I'm like wow can yeah. you speak to that at all yeah no I agree I, and that's what I'm reading is that they are terrible for the gut and um, especially the artificial sweeteners um, and erythritol. I don't know about monk fruit. I have not done that. I know a lot of folks are using monk fruit um, as a sweetener, as a substitute for sugar. I have just gotten to the point where it's sort of like I was saying earlier on, I was a kid who grew up on Diet Coke and I'm sure that wreaked havoc on my um, GI, I know it did, my GI system and everything. And um, it really, it comes down to, I realized even in the diabetes research, now they're showing that those artificial sweeteners are actually worse for us. And you're, because they're also raising insulin levels are, and, and your body thinks that you're having something that's sweet and you're not. And so then you're raising insulin levels. So I, you know, I'm hearing all the same stuff you are and um, it, it's just better to avoid. And if you, I'm at a point where if I'm going to have something with sugar, I'm just going to have sugar, you know, I'm not going to have a sweetener. I'm not going to have a, a, you know, an artificial sweetener. I just rather have sugar and have a little bit of it and be done, you know? So um, it's not very often. So I feel like, you know, we, we also have to, you know, I always tell my folks who are working with me, you also have to live your life. You, you know, you, yes. I mean, we want you to avoid, you know, pizza and sugar and all these other horrible things that are, are there for you. But every once in a while, you need to enjoy your life. And I think a little bit is not going to affect your gut microbiome the way if you're consuming large amounts of, of something. So, um, but yeah, I'm reading the same stuff you are. And, and I, I agree with that. Thank you. I'm curious, what drew others? to this meetup or what stood out to you? Yolanda, is, is your name Yolanda, is that right? Uh, yeah, I go by Syriaca, Yolanda, yeah. Syriaca, okay, yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you located? Santa Barbara. Okay. I used to sure. live in Santa Barbara, so that's why I, I have a little group there. <laughs> I oh. hope to get back there someday. <laughs> My I met my husband. He was at UCSB doing uh, his uh, PhD. So. Oh, okay. Anyone else? I'm just curious. Why? What brought you here? What drew you? Hey, I was just curious to see um, what topic was being brought up on on the gut health and and what. Uh, what options you're using besides the um, 
perhaps even the supplements and, and that kind of thing, if there was any other uh, technologies or whatever that, that um, doctors are aware of out there that, that they use for um, treating gut health in the functional medicine world. <clears throat> Well, the new the new thing is the poop pellets. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. They're they're looking at creating um, basically, you know, strains uh, that would be good for you. That would be from, you know, uh, you know, legit human, you know, feces, and and then you would you would insert that, or you would, you know, that would be the way you would get it. So that that's sort of the new the new technology that's being, of course, it would be all sanitary and everything, but that's the new technology that's out there to improve the gut microbiome. So we're going to hear a lot more about that. I think a lot of people are freaked out about it a little bit. So, <laughs> but um, that's, that's sort of the, the way to fix the gut. Probably they're looking at as a quick, quicker fix, especially for people who end up with serious infections, um, you know, uh, so that that might be that might be on the horizon, or for people who have inflammatory bowel disorders, um, you know, like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. So there might be some some gut microbiome sort of solutions there for those folks. How um, the the stool sample that you had mentioned? How much does that cost? I have no idea. I'm sure it's expensive. <laughs> but someone would come. So I'm I'm just asking for myself. So I would come to you. And I mean, right now it's not on the market, but I've heard it's, it's being developed to go on the market. So okay. Who knows how much that would cost, but yeah, you would get a prescription for it. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the poop pallets. Is that what oh, you call them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, a sample to oh, figure yeah. out what's going on in the gut. Going on. Yes. So that would be a stool um, test, which would be done through, uh, there's a lot of functional medicine, um, companies, lab companies. And so we would order it through one of those. And okay. would, yeah, I would get the report and review it. I'll talk to you about that. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Any closing comments or thoughts? I hope everyone found this was helpful. I don't know. What I'm going to pop a couple links into the chat, and this is as close as we're going to come to selling to you, because I know we had one person get pretty defensive the first time, like, why are you here? Tell me now if you're going to try to sell me something, I'm going to leave. So uh, we just like to let people know what we do, what's available. If we can be of a service, great. But really hope that you gain something from just this meetup here. My website is faithfullygrowing.com. And if you click on that link, I host each month, I schedule different complimentary meetups. Some of those may be of interest to you. Additionally, on that link, if you click, there's a Facebook group that Millen is also a part of where we can do some interaction. And then I was about to put Millen's in there too. And there, there is Millen's website uh, if you would like to follow up or have other questions or comments. Can if this is a meetup, and forgive me, I signed up for so many things, I sometimes forget where the source is. Um, can you email that to us? Because I'm on my phone and I don't want to click on it because then I get completely out of zone. Okay. Um, is it possible to email it to us or put it in the notes if it's a meetup? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you don't mind, if, if I can get your email somehow, I can send you a link 
to that. For those who can click on the link, if you, even though this event has already happened, if you register for it, I will also send you a recording of this and won't sign you up for anything else unless you click you want to be signed up for a newsletter or something. But through this website, you can register there and I'll get your email and send you some information. But uh, uh, Syriaca, if you want to put your, uh, your email in the chat or if you want to go to the website and email me, I can get a link to you. Um, I'm putting it in right now. Okay. You're Tim, right? You're Tim? Yes. Yep. Okay. Pronounce your name one more time. I know I just butchered it. Syriaca. Syriaca. It's like, okay. it's like Siri on your phone plus Aka. Syriaca. Okay. Got it. Or Syria, the country, plus Ka. Okay. Got it. That makes it simple. So I will, yes, I see your email here. I'll make note of it and I will send you an email with our information. Thank you. And I would love to just hear feedback from folks on the timing because I know we've had a little more participation usually some other times we're trying different timings, but if you have a timing that's better for you or I think it'd be nice to take a poll here. Um, just type it in the chat if you feel like it doesn't really matter or if there's certain timings, like if it's later in the evening, that makes more sense. Just because we want to reach as many people as possible. And Tim and I were just talking a little bit before the discussion about timing and, and figuring out a time that works for people. I, I myself have family and evening things going on, but, you know, we want we want people to participate. Um, thanks. Thanks, Syriaca. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Janelle. It's nice to see you. Janelle, do you mind my asking how you got interested in this, this topic? Maybe you can't respond. Sorry, I had to unmute myself. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to learn more about gut, gut health. So when I saw that meetup, I definitely wanted to yeah. um, be a part of it and listen to it for sure. Yeah, is there any other topics, Suryaka or Janelle or Steve that you feel, or Wendy, I, we haven't heard from Wendy, that you feel like might be interesting to hear about? I mean, I think I've we've had a talk on anxiety, some natural ways to deal with anxiety and depression. And we've also had a talk. What was our other talk about? And I'm just blanking right now. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> it was uh, it was related to the obesity code. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermittent fasting. We talked uh, about yes, fasting. yes. Thank hey, you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Oh, it looks like Wendy's been with us before. Thanks, Wendy. <laughs> and I think Wendy tried to join us last time, but there was an issue with the Zoom link. Oh, sorry, Wendy. Correct. I watched it after the fact. No. Thank I you. No, I didn't watch the anxiety one, but the, the I think it was the fasting one that I had to watch later. Got it. Wendy, where are you? Where are you from, if you don't mind my, my Atlanta. Oh, great. Great. Oh, this is good timing. You guys are in your evening, so this is good timing for you. Yeah. Uh, this is about seven. Yes. Right. What, what is the best way to reach out to one of you guys, Tim or, or Dr. Milan, if we wanted to reach out to y'all personally? via Facebook, look you up on Facebook or? I think if you're interested in specific care, then you can just email me at my business. Um, we can set up a time to talk. Um, I'm doing 
I'm looking into doing coaching outside of California. I'm legally licensed in California. So my meetup groups are in California to do treatment. Uh, but if you're looking for coaching, health coaching, then um, I can do outside of California. And then Tim, Tim is a life coach, so he can. Yep. And I put my email in there and would be glad to, if you have questions or comments or think I can help with anything, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Happy to help. Happy to, to share. I have a lot of videos on my website and blogs. I've written some blogs on COVID recently. I'm, I'm trying to formulate a new one because I'm treating some folks with post-COVID syndrome. So that's been, that's going to be a new area, which I think, and maybe that's what I'll, maybe we can talk about that next time, Tim, as COVID and post-COVID syndrome. I think a lot of people will be interested in post-COVID syndrome. We're seeing that. And how do we take care of those folks? They are having extreme fatigue for three to six months and a lot of symptoms. So that's a, that's a, that's going to be a big area for the next two years uh, as we deal with COVID. Yeah, maybe we'll check that out next time. And if you see things that are interest either on Millen's group or my group, feel free to hop on to these meetups for sure. I put my email there in the chat if anyone needs it. We're looking at, I'm also looking at doing one on hormones. I know a lot of women and men are interested on topic area. I've thought about doing a talk on. If you guys have any other topic suggestions, just throw it in the chat. That'd be great. Gives us ideas about what to create for you. Yep. Or if you, and if you're thinking about it afterwards, either shoot us an email or if you join that Facebook group, that's a good place to, yeah. to interact to, but any way that works best for you. Okay, any closing thoughts, Millen? Or? No, we just reach out if you have any other questions about your gut, and thank you. This was a, this was a great group, and I like the discussion part of it. We did a little different differently this time, so I hope you all enjoyed it, and yeah, happy to be of service. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you all, and hope to see you again on another meetup. Thank you. Thank you all for your time. All right, take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye, nice to see you. Bye. Oh, I leave, okay, leave. Are you there, Tim? <laughs>